Oh, don't finger the corpse. Oh. You're listening to They Came From A Silver Screen. This is a podcast where we discuss film, its social issues, and all things surrounding it. I'm Josh Tregenza. As always, is my fellow host, Damien Danaher. Damien, how are we today? Well, mate, you know, I'm doing all right, all things considered. You gotta, you know, take the bitter with the better and realise that, you know, if you get to the end of the day and you're not a corpse being digitally violated by a psychopathic makeup mortician cult leader you gotta chalk that up as a win bro yeah yeah true words were never spoken you feel i i do feel yeah i'm i'm understanding the signals that you were putting out and you know oh, what what was that that's a, that's a segue you, my friend did you, did you say signals i did i did, did. you just did you just seg away i did seg away Ooh. all the way to to discussing our latest venture Yes. Uh, we're bringing, because some films, you know, particularly in this, um, in this, um, you know, Oscar, uh, we're coming up to the Oscars and all of that. We are, uh, we, there are a lot of films to see and some of them aren't going to be, uh, we're not going to be able to talk about them at length for a lot of them. So what we're now doing is we're going to be doing uh, short uh, videos or, or uh, written uh, sort of articles uh, that kind of review uh, certain films. In fact, if you head over to our YouTube page, you'll get to see uh, the review of Doctor Strange yes. that I put up. Woo! Yeah. Which was, well, I'm not going to tell you what. You're going to have to watch that video to find out what our thoughts are uh-huh. on Doctor Strange. Nice marketing ploy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. You know, generated oh, interest yeah. in the product for the consumer. I like it. I like and the style. If the Marvel films aren't your thing, we do have an upcoming signal about Hacksaw Ridge. Indeed, done we do. by Damien. I'll be pulling that one out very, very soon. Probably yeah. maybe end of this week or early next week. Depends, you know, how long it takes me to pull my finger out of that old corpse of procrastination and write the damn thing. Now, why are we talking about fingering corpses? Because, because of we've course, just got some kinks like that. Aside from that, I think more specifically to this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this one. I mean, we'll leave that. We'll leave that to the other podcast we yeah, do. Yeah, that's the well, the, the one who, that we, we're not, not going to name here for many, many legal reasons. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week we are talking about the Neon Demon, the latest venture from Nicholas Winden-Refn. He's most famous for uh, what we're kind of calling the Neon Trilogy of the Neon Demon. Uh, Drive was what people know him for. Uh, Only God Forgives. And uh, and the little-known ones of like Bronson or Valhalla Rising. Indeed, or the uh, Pusher Trilogy with uh, Maz Mikkelsen back before he became a big old uh, Doctor Strange Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. And in upcoming uh, Rogue One, indeed. Which I'm I'm very excited to see. The the more of him, the better, really. Exactly. I don't think there's any film that uh, would suffer from his presence. I mean, and if I, you I, haven't, 
you know what? And if you have to have a guy weeping blood, it might as well be him. Exactly. And if you haven't been watching Hannibal, get on that. That's a oh, fantastic series. Absolutely. Surprised that it came out of NBC. Yes. You know, I mean, like, it's that glorious thing about the fact that it is on uh, commercial television. Uh, and the shit I've seen on that, it beggars belief. I don't know how it got passed. Yeah. So well, a lot just, of the stuff. Wall to wall violence and, you know, just. It makes you horrifying, uncomfortable horrifying about tapestries. the most gorgeous thing yeah these these grotesque tableaus and it's just oh it's it's gorgeous but it's just mm. terrifying but the fact that it's on commercial uh, television means they also can't swear and you can't see any titties i mean yeah but, you gotta but make you, but you can but you can have a a person sewed uh, up to fucking 100 other people to create oh yeah to create a human color palette but but um but no, 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 no swears. That's kids. Kids these the days. Kids. Are just, it's for the kids. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're desensitized to that. They, you know, it's schools these days. They're stitching up bodies left and right. It's exactly. just what happens. You know, according to skin color and tone. You know, back in my day, we just, we just, you know, dug holes and threw rocks at each other and wore dungarees and listened to Walkman. All the dungarees. Oh, all the dungarees. And we and do we all of our shopping at like pumpkin patch or Oshkosh Bagosh. I don't know what Oshkosh Bagosh is. Oshkosh Bagosh. It was like another line of like, you know, really twee children's clothing. Mm. Like was I, was a, I was a no fear and Maui boy. Uh, oh, you were one of oh, those. Mambo. I was wearing Mambo. Mambo. Do you yeah. ever rock any billabong? Oh, I rocked that billabong, mate. Yeah. You rocked it. You had a good sometimes time. Sometimes I sometimes I layered the mambo and the no fear and the billabong all together. Oh god, you would have been like the most hench guy in school then. Mate, I was killing it. Just killing this killing that style and then dressing inappropriately at the style's funeral. Exactly. You know, and, you make, know making out with the style's wife at the wake. I mean, what else are you gonna do at a wake? I mean really. I was gonna say, I mean like it's basically who goes to wakes anymore to mourn the passing of loved ones? It's go there yeah, to pick up, bro. We've 21st, all seen wedding crashes. Yeah, we have. It's the 21st century. You know, we have to open our minds and broaden our horizons as to, you know, what kind of uh, social behaviors are acceptable at a wake. I think it's about time we, you know, asked the tough questions. Can I pick up when there's a dead person around? Which is something that this film asked the question of. Thank Christ you got us back onto us because I was—I didn't really know what, how to get us back. Oh yeah, but um, this may sound uh, yeah that this is all sounds very strange to, to people who haven't seen the film. Um, we're going to try and jump into it a little bit more, but of course, go see the film before you listen to this. We'll wait. People who have seen the film, we're not going to wait. We're going to yeah. get right into this. I was going to say, so I, like I, I said, got, I, I got things to do, man. So yeah. So this is a this is uh, you know, Wyndon Reffin's uh, you know dive into uh, into into the modelling scene, world of fashion and the blood sucking you know nature of the industry, the, the ruthlessness of it all, the the you know, you know innocence lost. And, and just, you know, the, the, the cruelty and the, the ugliness of, you know, the interior realities of all these characters being, uh, you know, hidden by just this uh, 
incredibly like brutally beautiful exterior like mm. placid almost like a like lake placid for some reason i'm thinking that movie just like this <laughs> like just like just this murderous crocodile underneath but the water's just completely still and beautiful yeah i mean but, these, um, uh, I, I think i recall seeing an interview with him where he basically said that he wanted to make a movie about vampires which you know it's <laughs> and and this and this was what i mean this this is the film for it um you know this this film stars uh el fanning uh jenna malone uh bella heathcott uh abby lee kershaw um and you know you know, like like in Snowden, that surprised me. Keanu Reeves is in this. Yeah, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, and then uh, Christina Hendricks is is back. Um, she was up, last up for a, a small. Yeah, just like she kind of did in in Drive. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is always nice to see her in things. She needs to be in more. She absolutely does. Yeah, she's a fantastic actress. Um, and God knows she needs to, she's got more acting chops than her uh, husband who was in the, uh, the film Devil, M. Night Shyamalan elevator film. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was awful. Don't yeah, see that. Well, yeah. That's, that's Josh's hot take of the episode. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I, I, I'm, you know, receiving your signals loud and clear, man. Plug. Uh, YouTube channel. So, yeah, so we, this is a film that, uh, you know, we, we follow uh, Elle Fanning's character, Jessie, into her first, uh, no, her first foray into the modelling industry in LA. Mm. She gets off, you know, she's just off the bus from Georgia, Bumblefuck or, Georgia or some, some like shitty state. Yeah. Unless, unless people from Georgia are listening, in which case, uh, good on you and... Uh... I hope you voted the right way. Yeah, just do the right thing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, they're listening to this live. Well... With voting you know, happening right now. Right now, yeah, as right we speak. Now. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, yeah, well uh, by the time this goes up, um, the apocalypse may have been uh, halted or begun. Well, so, I don't know, man. I'm still pulling for Giant Media 2016. <laughs> Go ahead. Throw your vote away. <laughs> that meteor knows what we need <laughs> and we need for this to be over <laughs> but anyway yeah so she gets into she 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 comes across um it it opens up with her you know endowed in blood basically um yeah. kind of it kind of looks like she is dead you know she's it is kind of a, her, her neck slit yeah but it, you know, uh, yeah, so basically, it, what what the what the what the what you know happens to her over the course of the movie. That by the end of it, both you know, well, you know, metaphorically and then a bit literally as well. Spoiler alert! Is but you know she's been purged through this industry and she just had her throat cut and you know the people just feasting on her blood essentially. Mm. But uh, yeah, so she gets into the the model. So she gets into this. Um, it's you know, it looks like she's dead, but she's not. She's just had uh, photos taken by um, you know the the young boy. Uh, I think his name's Dean. Um, I I don't know. It doesn't really matter what his name is. Um, no, that's oh, kind oh, of mate. one of the things about this. Yeah, it's just the guy that's because it's never it's never established photos. that you know they're they're having a thing. Until yeah. it suddenly is, and then even of then course. it's kind of just like a bit weird. 
Yeah, so she does that. She goes into, she gets, you know, she speaks with Christina Hendricks. She gets into the model thing and she's got that special something mm. that no one else is, has, has seen in a long time and that makes her instantly irresistible to everyone, uh, which, you know, brings her, um, you know, brings her, her friendship from others and scorn from, from fellow models. Mm, competition and um, everything. Yeah, and that's, you know, in the first 20 minutes of this film, there is more dialogue than there were in Only God Forgives and Drive yeah. outright. Combined, I and would say. And, it's, and that's not necessarily a good thing. This is one of the things that I don't know. <laughs> like, the, the, the script isn't great. It's yes. strewn in with all of these like facades and, and, and platitudes and all of that. And it's really, it, it leans into tropes. Yeah. There is a kind of, and like, it's uh, not, it doesn't care about that. And, but you can see right through it. Yeah. It's that whole, and kind it's almost of, you know, like, it's just less is more sort of thing. I mean, yeah, it's put, you know, you, you, you're showing us. Well, that's what he you has you done. Don't, you don't, you don't have to tell as well. Hmm. I mean, he is a it's, very yeah, it's, it, visual, uh, you know, uh, director, an incredibly striking director. I mean, you can look at that, uh, you know, everything in Neon Demon, every single shot, every, you know, angle just seems so deliberately composed and intricate and immaculate, just drifting And it along, takes like, its almost, time. Almost effortlessly. And yeah, it, yeah. Take, it takes its time. And, you know, I think... You know, in certain scenes where, you know, there is a there is a cavalcade of uh, this sort of uh, pseudo philosophical one hundred and one sort of you know the nature of beauty and uh, the reality that we live in and that sort of stuff. I don't know if necessarily they needed to actually have people discussing that. You could have a lingering close up on Elle Fanning, you know. In some sort of moment of cathartic pathos, mm. and I think that would have uh, indicated just as well. Yeah, what throughout throughout a lot of a lot of this in setting up Elle Fanning's character as yeah this this amazing creature, um, they they spend so much time saying it. They say it so much that I don't I stop believing it. Yeah. Uh, actually, just... actually, exactly the same. Just because, I mean, it, it is that curious thing because Elle Fanning is is a beautiful, beautiful woman. But it's just that moment, like where they kept saying, like she is the the one and only. I was just like, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, like, he's like, never done this with anyone. Yeah. And that's he's treating thing, her so you know, specially. Well, I suppose. I mean, like, but I'm sure there are, you know, instances of of that in the industry for sure. I mean that you know where basically as as this movie happens uh, and occurs, you know you're going to have some new thing that's you know everyone's favorite new toy for you know 15 minutes or something like that, and you g them up enough, they'll start believing their own hype. Hmm. Even if it, yeah, even, well, it is... even if it isn't true, which you know I guess maybe it's just like an extra sort of layer of intrigue on um, Elle Fanning and her character in the movie 
Yeah, well, it's, you know, I was discussing this film during the week and, um, you know, the uh, talking about models and all of that and, and they are, they are used as coat hangers. Mm. They're, they're, they are objectified to a, a very literal extent. And, and when they're, when that coat hanger is just a little bit different than everyone else, um, it, it shines out. Um, but as soon as it does shine, then it, it gets replaced um, just as quickly. You know, exactly. the, um, you know, someone's muse uh, can be a different person on each day. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, and we can look at like Terry Richardson. Yeah, when we're or talking like that, you know, like yeah, exactly. A new girl every and day of the week. Yeah, and that that um, what this this film also does is it it shows that that innocence lost of of this you know it's stock footage plot sort of thing of of the you know the midwest girl coming into la and then she gets warped into into a you know into the this um you know the sandy at the end of greece yeah, sort of yeah. thing where she's got to actually toe the line of of what's expected of her in order to get far she needs to lose her innocence her 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 purity which you know let's be fair is kind of a bullshit setup uh to yeah. to put on a woman to begin with yeah um, that she is um innocent and that she can't um be whoever the fuck she wants to be mm. and in order for her to give up that innocence um that that means something that's a that's a change for her uh, but i just want to like highlight like <laughs> we see these films and they have these little gems where if they just stayed more on on this sort of thing, it could have been a great film as yeah. opposed to just an okay film. And the so the the scene with uh, the photographer Jack, played by uh, was it Desmond Harrington, yeah, um, yeah. where he you know he tells everyone to get out. Um, you know well, this is a closed set; it's going to be only me and the model, and it's it's generally creepy. Mm. And um, you know it, it's, it's what we were saying before it's, about like how how he takes his time. Yeah, and it's, so he it's, takes his and time it's, it's and he proof, sets it up. You know, silence is golden. Yeah, he just patches oh. up. Just you know, there's no talk at all. There's no talk. This guy, this guy, this guy barely speaks, but each like word that he has has the weight of like, you know, a thousand of what like everyone else in the movie is saying, just prattling on. Mm. And it's so it 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 goes from it it goes from being generally genuinely creepy. Because you know Desmond Harrington is a very—he's got very intense eyes, mm. and so it's like, oh shit! Because this is the modeling industry, and some sort of like sexual harassment is going to occur. That's what we're casting, kind of expecting. Casting, casting couch essentially is what we're all thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it. This is like, oh shit! You know, uh, Jenna Malone's character uh, Ruby, uh, you know, makes allusions to it mm-hmm. by by trying to stay. She gets you know, but you know. Jack's like, no, get out, and and yeah, we're kind of like, oh shit, we're about to go, we're about to see um, allusions to rape. Fuck, I don't, I don't, I'm not prepared for this. Um, but then it it's it goes from that, and it takes it takes a, a left turn, and it becomes this almost uh, worship mm. of of Elle Fanning's character as a. As, as, a, as a portrait, goddess, essentially, yeah. Yeah, basically, you know, painting, you know, mm. and the the way that he's painting her in gold with, you know, slapping his hands across her and, and just slowly moving it across her, it's just, 
yeah, it is. It is a it is a religious sort of like practice. Yeah, yeah. And then it, you know, then it, it's it's all in it's all in dark, and then it then when it's time to take the photos, it, it brightens up, and it, you just you just see it, you and you you start to understand that this is this is a person that should be worshipped. And that's the, and that's the point where you actually do believe it. Then they start talking. And then they start talking. And then that ruins everything. And boom, it's gone. And we're, we're, we're off to set up. I mean, it's uh, curious to see like the, the two counterpoints, like the, the, the character of, you know, Jack Desmond mm. Harrington. And then the, that, the, the fashion designer, Robert played by Alison yeah. Favola mm. as kind of like, you know, the, the silent and the verbal uh, reflections there. Yeah, Jack. Jack being the quiet one, and uh, Robert being more uh, sort of uh, analytical and verbal and uh, prosaic in describing it. Although that which was, is also uh, boring. That, mm. I mean, what did you like, think? What did you think of that that uh, little sort of uh, speech he gives about you know beauty isn't every isn't uh, everything. It's the only thing. I think it was. I think it was. It, it's a very nice thing to put on a like a, a hallmark card. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think it existed more not really to make a statement on the nature of you know the fashion industry, but rather just as an example, um, or like an experience for Gigi essentially to start really hating. Yeah, uh, Fanning Fanning's character, Jesse. Yeah, because as it now, goes, you know, because she's you know boasts about all the work that she's had done to mm. you know look and stay beautiful and uh robert basically just uh takes yeah you've created beautiful yeah. yeah you've created yourself to be beautiful she is beautiful there's mm. a difference and yeah yeah there is but <laughs> if the woman wants to do that then fine whatever the hell like that's that is her choice she's able to do it the fact that she's actually being pushed into it by the industry itself uh, and then she's vilified for doing the very thing that she's expected to do oh it's problematic problematic i mean <laughs> but it's it also does... i mean it also i mean i'm sure you know of course it's it's a, it is an industry of double and triple and quadruple standards i mean so i mean i wouldn't be surprised to like have though to encounter those kinds of uh, opinions that you know there's beautiful but then there's also beautiful and mm. you know to... that nuanced sort of Ugh. Yeah, sort of yeah to, just solely looking know, at the f- superficial yeah to denigrate you know those for basically buying into the the lies and hysteria that you yourself set up mm. which you as, know as, given as setting, as setting the standard of the industry you then uh diss people out for buying into the reality that you constructed yeah it's <laughs> but it does help it does help force Basically, our antagonists mm. of of Gigi and Sarah, yes, um, to to go to go at it and and push them to the basically what comes to the most interesting part of this film, mm. um, as much as you know the fashion bits and the the model you know the modeling thing is all very interesting. What is even more interesting from a, I guess, from plot wise, mm, it's just this uh, dramatic right hand turn into this insane turn slasher movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, pagan, pagan, vampire, pagan, you know, vampiric, cannibalistic 
you know, yeah, de- which is... de- demon women. Yeah, which ne- is... Neon demons, if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> Roll credits. Thank uh... you. Done. <laughs> which, you know, and, it's, and it, is, it is very well, um, you know, produced throughout the film of, you know, of, of Sarah's character when... Um, when Elle Fanning's character um, cuts herself, gets herself cut, and she starts, you know, Sarah starts drinking her blood. Yeah. Like it goes fucking ravenous over it. It's like, holy shit, this is like, okay, that's a, that's weird. That's kind of, that's strange, but okay, that's, you know, that's what people do in the model industry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of, and then it just goes back on, on track. Yeah, then. You know, yeah, so it, it drops like little hints. Yeah, little hints here and, and there the... throughout the movie, and then just that, and then there's that final moment at the end where you know uh, Jesse essentially ascends into you know full final narcissism form. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, truly you know, a narcissist. Yeah, and then she's which I which I, which I wonder about you know, just in terms of I wonder if that imagery was uh, deliberate. You know, the whole point of narcissism is the guy that got transfixed by his own reflection in the uh, pond and basically couldn't move for the rest of eternity because he didn't want yeah. to tear himself away from his own face. The fact that she has this moment of uh, absolute narcissism, um, you know, in a dry at, 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 pool. At, the, at the pool, but then like, but like her beauty and everything like that, or, you know, the, these people's notions of beauty or uh, the, the, the fantasy they've created for her, like the pool, it's empty and there's nothing in it. Mm. Yeah. And which is actually, and, which is actually is, quite nice. Yeah. But, and that is also, you know, whether it's, <laughs> it also kills her. Yeah, exactly. Cause she gets, so, you know, big twist and all of it. Jenna Malone's character is the makeup artist and she's also a mortician. Mm-hmm. She also fingers corpses. Fingers corpses. But just, also just in so some clear, like that, sort that's of a thing that happened. That yeah, that's a thing that happens, and it's like. But also, it's a like a. Is it like a voodoo thing that also? Uh, Jesse is playing with herself, and it's happening in unison. Is that what we're supposed to be? Like it's shot that way. Yeah, or whether it's more that she's just that's that's her fantasy. That's what she wishes was happening. Mm. That she's imposing upon the. A corpse that she fingered. Yeah. She fingered a corpse. She fingered a corpse. She fingers a corpse after she tries to rape Jesse. Yes. Which, I mean, yeah. yeah and that's and that's a, that's an obsession of a, of a different sort. Hmm. And it's, and it's interesting to wonder why she why she is uh, so obsessed with her as she is. Hmm. Well, it's it, it's once again. I think she sees that special something in her, and then that undefinable. Yeah, the je ne sais quoi. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you beat me to it. And they, and it's wanted so bad by uh, by Ruby, by Gigi, by Sarah. It's wanted so bad. Well, by everyone, whatever really. she has. Even, even yeah, by by everyone, by but Hank, them most of you know, all. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Even he sees it. Oh yeah. It. Yeah, every everyone sees it, and they decide to take it by pushing her into the pool and then devouring her. Hmm. It's implied I mean, bones and all. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is that is that it is that literal turn into you know the notion that uh, 
you know, the fashion and modeling industry is, you know, yeah, a doggy sa- dog is savage and, you know, people do, you are devoured. The industry will consume you until there's nothing left. And then we'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. And it's, and then there's, <laughs> and this is when it starts getting like, that's when this film could have ended and mm. it runs for almost two hours. So it yeah. could have ended there, but say. it still has another half hour left in that now that Gigi and Sarah have consumed uh, Jesse, that they have that special something. And now they're, you know, there's the, the scene, Jack is back and they're at, uh, they're at a, a Malibu uh, house overlooking the ocean. And uh, uh, Sarah's not meant to be there. Uh, she's, just, she's just there to support Gigi because Gigi's there to actually be the model. Sarah gets brought in as well, and uh, you know, the other model gets fired. So, and then they've got this something, they've, you know, something that takes everyone's, catches everyone's eye and, and makes them shine just a little bit more than anyone else, mm. which is apparently Jessie, because they have eaten her. She's got that now, yeah. They've got... Yeah, they've got that in. They've got that, and and Sarah's fine with it. Which is that kind of old school like voodoo notion that you consume someone and then you take on their powers. Mm. And she's she's totally cool with the moral implications of it. Exactly. She seems like it's not. It, it. They don't go into the much of like what the fuck this. What the fuck like they they ate her, but like why do they do this beforehand? Do they like have they done this before? Like is this part of something? No, it's yeah. just. It's just they, what the they, fucking is. I was just say, did they, did they cook her or like, you know? Uh, I don't think so. You know? I no, mean, no, considering... No, 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 no Chianti? No. No, no white wine sauce? No fava beans. Fava beans, no. Uh, no, 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 no. That's... That's the... That's, that's something with Mads Mikkelsen there. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that's, di- that's a different film that... Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, so Sarah's cool with it, but... But Gigi isn't to the point where she's like she's oh, throwing up parts of Jesse <laughs> because and she throws up Yeah. <laughs> and she throws up an entire eye. Yeah. Which really fucking impressive, because you have to swallow an entire human eye. Those yeah. things aren't small. No, no, no. Like very, that's that's a very that's a hard thing to eat. I was gonna say, I mean, like to swallow it hole like that like you're not a shoot or anything like that that's that's one that's one hell of a pill yeah and to not pierce anything exactly yeah because you can get through that like you know i did it's 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 almost like it was it just happened that way because the narrative required that it happened that way (laughs) but i mean i mean like that's such such an idea and it's it is gruesome yeah they don't shy away. Yeah, I mean, it, there, it, there, it's there a gr- like the, there are moments of violence, and we see it, and it's pretty explosive. Yeah, <laughs> and then she like goes at herself with some fine fucking scissors. Yeah, to literally get Jesse out of her. Yeah, because you Pro- can't take props, it. Yeah, exactly. This is props a woman the who Foley guy as well for the the puncture sound of those scissors into a human abdomen. That was uh, that was pretty. Ugh. I'm not going to forget that sound uh, anytime soon. So, well done. I'm going to call you. Uh, Lloyd, well done, Lloyd. Excellent Foley work. Bravo, Lloyd. Bravo, Lloyd. But, yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd is all of us. Lloyd Foley. 
God, I wish um, I hope that actually is his name. <laughs> For the purpose of this, we ain't gonna look it up, so it possibly is. And afterwards, <laughs> I'm I'm going straight to Wikipedia and I'm gonna change that. Hey yeah. There you go. Congratulations, Lloyd. You've made it to the big leagues. <laughs> You've been mentioned on a semi-regular Australian film podcast. Huzzah! <laughs> Hooray! You oh, and a few people get to do that. I mean, exactly. I mean, like uh, it's Lloyd Foley mm -hmm. and Scoot McNary and Scoot McNary. Those are the two. Those are the only two. I mean, we do mention Spielberg a little bit, a but little bit. everyone does. So, well, you know, yeah. I mean, he's kind of just. He's in the game, and he got a whole episode last season, so... Yeah, he's fine. He'll be all right. He'll be all right, although we do kind of imply that he shouldn't have directed that movie, but... Um... Hey, hey, prove us wrong, Spielberg. <laughs> prove us wrong. Big Friendly Giant 2. Giant Harder. <laughs> all right, the, na the name's going to need some work. Yeah, let's... <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll I'm workshop sorry. it. There, there's we'll no, workshop there, it. Uh, we'll, we'll means test it. We'll go to some... Uh, Go to some focus groups, you know, get mm. some ideas on paper and uh, bring them back, you know, committee this, committee this oh. shit, man, you know. <laughs> Best decisions always made by consensus. Christ, we need to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, so it's such a, there are two parts of this film mm. and it's, this. well, there's kind of three parts of this film. Yeah. There is, there is all the fucking talking, which can get the fuck out. Yep. There was all the visuals of the modeling and all of that and, and the fashion scenes, which is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Even the, the, the strange uh, dream sequence. The triangle, you know, yeah. the, the, the flashing uh, strobe oh, triangle. It's gorgeous. It's like when she like just it rolls is... into that. And I mean, like that, I mean, like if there's one thing you can say about Refn is like he doesn't make ugly movies. Mm. Even, even, even like, you know... Uh, early stuff like Valhalla Rising or Bronson, which were, you know, outrageously uh, brutal and gritty films. There was still uh, an ethereal kind of uh, polished beauty to them as well. Yeah, that, that sort of polish. He does bring polish into them, which is really the thing about the dialogue is that... Um, it's not, I don't think it's him. It's, it's, it doesn't work. He's like, but in Bronson... Bronson in particular, it's all dialogue. Yeah, it's it's dialogue. It that it's a perfect mix of of you know an actor basically he is you know he's monologuing. Yeah, to essentially. The, yeah, to the camera. He's he's monologuing throughout it all, and it's it's great. It's fantastic. But then you've got all of the other stuff where you know drive what little stuff was in it, you know, I think really like Albert Brooks and uh, Oscar Isaac were the only two people that kind of spoke more than anyone. Yeah. And they and did well because they're fucking amazing actors. Yeah, exactly. You know, everyone else kind of, mm. you know, well, I, read, was kind I, read, of, I read an interview uh, with Ryan Gosling where he basically said that he'd come into drive off the back of Blue Valentine mm. with uh, Michelle Williams, uh, Derek Kearnface, uh, you know, excellent film and a very, very, very wordy dialogue heavy film. And so he was tired of saying shit. And so he collaborated with Reffin and basically carved almost all of his dialogue away from the film. 
and in so doing it created this uh really really cool kind of you know man with no name persona yeah as this like you know he was this sort of almost mythical figure like a you know a ronin samurai mm. essentially yeah. you know a warrior that without a master that just you know wanders aimlessly and you know is always undone by the love of a good woman yeah it, it's and, and if they were more I think talking if, i think that if they'd had dialogue yeah you yeah. would have you would have just had insights and you would have had the character contextualized and you, you would have had a history and you'd be more clear on his motivations and as soon as you add all that into it uh, it makes the character real in 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 the sense that it's no longer this uh it no longer has this mythic quality to it it's a grounded human character with, yeah and you know, there's attachments to it and exactly it, and and then you're left wanting because you want more mm. <laughs> and that and the film just isn't ready to give you it yeah you know like, i think the point then, is is that you know it trusts that like our imagination of where he was before and what he does is be, is like going to give something better than like they could possibly make up mm. and then in the same way in like in only god forgives once again Ryan Gosling's character says very little. If, if almost nothing at all, around 16 yeah. lines or something like that, I think it was. Yeah, you know, most of the dialogue is uh, Chris and Scott Thomas mm. as his mother, Crystal. You know, and once again, she can carry that because she's an amazing actress. Yes. But if whatever else is in there, it's kind of, eh. Like, a lot of the dialogue just, okay... Just please stop talking now. Just make with the pretty. Make with yeah. the pink and blue. Just, you know, like, have have your hardcore reds, you know, do your tributes to Gaspar Noé and just, you know, show something violent and incredibly beautiful that makes me unsettled and, you know, not sure about myself and we'll just move on together. Yeah. Whereas this, it had those elements and then it had more. Mm. And that more is what is its undoing. Which is kind of what no. So with this in Khan, was it booed? Was this um, one booed? I think I think like all of his movies, I read that it was it was uh, applauded and then uproariously booed. Mm. Mostly boos. Yeah, I, I feel I, like I, this I, one. I do believe. I can't imagine that it uh, <laughs> would have uh, done incredibly well over there because. His, uh, you know, only God forgives, received boos and a standing ovation. See, I think. So, I mean, like, only... you know, but I mean, Kansas is like a fucking weird place, you know. Yeah. But, you know, people's opinions of movies there are strange, and they do love their standing ovations and they do love booing. Mm. So I mean, I well... don't know if that's necessarily, you know, an indicator. I think I think the problem with this movie, uh, if, you know, as 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 such as as it is a problem is that it's straddling two specific uh, missions and it can't it doesn't it can't quite do both but it doesn't want to let either of them go mm. so it wants to be a message movie and it wants to make some sort of you know commentary or heartfelt you know message or point about you know the exploitation of you know these young girls the commodify the commoditization of you know their beauty and everything like that and the the hatred and the, the self-loathing that is is 
encouraged in this industry but then it also wants to be a kind of almost like a very prettily filled b-grade teen slasher film yeah and it's and so it and it can't and it can't do both because can't do it because as soon as you go pagan cannibals at the end it's like well none of this took place in the real world anyway so what were you actually what were you actually trying to say hmm this this, yeah. this 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 modeling world does does not exist in our dimension this is somewhere else it reminds me a lot of the Brenny Snellis book Glamorama. Ah, yes, of course. Where it takes those, you know, the the weaves and bobs, and it's you know it's a modelling thing, but it's also a TV show, like a reality show. But then it's also about like terrorist sort of shit, and it's like well, this is fucking all over the place. Yeah, and that is a that is a rough book to read through. It's a, it's a it's a slog. Oh, the first hundred pages I remember were an absolute mission. Yeah, and I, it's, I, I, it's had a, put, I had to put it down and walk away, and then come back like a week later and keep. Going. Oh yeah, like it's a good book, but it's just got a lot. It's got a lot in it because yeah. it wants to do a lot, and I think this is the, the exact same way that, and I and I think it's the way that it's paced is that it wanted to do most of the film being about the message and being about this the the beautiful aesthetics and all of that, mm. but then it wanted to be in something else which was the slasher thing and it only had so much time for that it only had that 30 minutes at the end whereas take that bit off and then make that into another film or it, you know do it like uh from dust till dawn where it started off as this um you know outlaw film mm. and then it turned into the vampire film yeah but, and, that, but that's but those are both genre films so you can yeah. make you can make that segue Exactly. And then you can, and then they spent the first half hour, the first half hour setting up the outlaw. Then they turned it as opposed to at the end half hour turning it because you just don't have enough time to play in it. And I mean, going from highbrow to, you know, and I mean this in a nice way, lowbrow, that is, that is a, it's a, it's a jarring tonal shift. Mm. And, you know, it has the potential to lose audience members who are just going to watch this and go the fuck is going on yeah and that would that loses people where you know only god forgives was kind of like it it was it was well, as it was it the just, entire it way just through was what it was the entire time what it was was not very much but at least it just it it, it committed to the beat it knew its place and it stuck to it and that's and that is a beautiful th- thing for a film to do yeah just knows what's going on but yeah just and i mean there is that kind you know, of the, that notion also that um i don't know if like if you know i get the the uh way they were trying to put the message out you know about the the dangers and inherent flaws in this industry and the you know i mean it's something that's... But, but it also i mean i i, I remember um Reffin, when he was talking about, um, you know, this movie, just like when he was just about to go into production. And he basically said, I decided that I'd made enough films about violent men and I wanted to do a film with only women in it. And And there's only four, five, six, maybe. There's only six men. Yeah. And and so, yeah, yeah, and so he is true. He is true to that. And all the men in that movie are bastards. But there's... 
Except for the but photographer boy, but yeah. yeah, he's a Midwest sort of mm. thing as well. well. He, he's an outsider as well. And yeah, he and he's used to make the, the sandy transition. Exactly, yeah. He's the surrogate to facilitate, you know, the changing from the old, you know, her old life to her new life. Mm. I, suppose, I suppose the thing I have I have maybe a problem with is is there are no nice women. There's, yeah. there's no there's no redeeming characters. You want to make this you, you want to make a movie about women and you want to make a movie about strong women. That's 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 awesome. But every woman in this movie is a bitch. Yeah, and or, strength is shown by uh, cattiness. Yeah, by, and by undercutting, backstabbing, by, you know, backstabbing. You know, to have you know. So if any, like he, he he claims to be making this movie, you know, to and like he sort of. I, I remember another interview where he basically said, like, you know, I, in, in, inside I'm I'm a woman, I'm a feminist. I get, you know, mm. I, I understand women. And I'm just like Jesus. That's some Trump shit right there, man. Like, and then, in the like, in the bin with you. And I was going to say, bin. like, you know, and so what's we we watch this movie and what's his opinion of women they are you know beautiful porcelain dolls that you know uh their innocence should be cherished yeah and respect beauty as a currency above all else and they're also catty and bitchy and you know entirely insincere and uh disloyal yeah, so but Damien, you have to realize that he didn't blow Christina Hendricks's face up with a shotgun this time, and that's saying something. That's moving forward. That's of a being kind. a. That's being a proper feminist. You have to understand these things. Am yeah. I being sarcastic enough? No, I reckon. I reckon you could do a little bit more. <laughs> I probably can. <laughs> Going into your, your your Seinfeld there, man. Yeah. You know, what's the deal with the old demons? Is it neon or is it a demon? Oh, these girls—they're eating other girls. What is that? <laughs> what you say? I got my eye on you, not my eye inside of you. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. <laughs> beautiful but um so does does this does this movie actually have worth i mean in terms of uh, anything beyond spectacle because it is a beautiful looking film i think it is i think it's the the beauty of it this is i you know winden reffin is a I think he's an artist more than he is a filmmaker he at this point. He seems to be a visual. He's very much visual based. Yeah, and he's and he's in such a delight. He's he does such like vibrant, lovely visuals. Mm. Whereas you know other visual people, you know when you say visual directors, um, you know you think of like Zack Snyder or, or Michael Bay and all of that, and they're the the hyper masculine sort of yeah. Um, sort of uh, visuals whereas whereas in these films in in the you know i was gonna say that's about in the, the red and blue that's about the only feminine thing in this yeah movie he, he is does actually, is actually his comp is actually his directing style and composition the images yeah. are very delicately framed and the, know, there's, there's, there's such no, nuance no to it sort of uh rough rough panning or you know cuts or anything like that it's very very 
uh, soft and delicate. I mean, you know, if you mute this film, I guess it's a good one. I was going to but... say, but could you mute it and then just play some, like just play? The, do like the George the, Miller well, cut. Yeah, but do like the, just basically play the absolutely excellent Cliff Martinez soundtrack over the top yeah. of that. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah, just do the... And hints, you know, just hints of like Tangerine Dream and craft work and all these like, you know... Oh, awesome old so school, good. you know, eighties, you know, dream synth, you know, groups and music styles. It's like just this throbbing, you know, uh, constantly, uh, just tugging on on your tension. You know, just the, the the pulsation of the of the music doesn't give you a moment to let up. Yeah, and it's it, it might just yeah, be even the macabre is an incredibly pretty unsettling music video yeah and you know for a two-hour music video that is this gorgeous mm. even the macabre stuff even the you know even when it's kind of faded when they're in the uh, abandoned house thing place yeah. with like the 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 faded pinks and blues and all of that it's still really fucking beautiful mm. you know that you know it's there's big rooms there's space to it and there's little you know, intricacies in the hallways and all of that. It's, it's so well put together. And he's always just been so interesting in his use of contrast. Mm. Such, you know, uh, didactic, you know, like really like, you know, maximum, minimum. Color, really heavy on it, contrast, yeah. Which I actually, you know, I, I, I uh, read this the other day, is he's colorblind. Oh, that's... And so his basic his basic mo is he can only see high and low contrast. So that's so that's why his films are like that. I mean, it makes sense. It makes absolutely perfect sense. I mean, I think he must have had some trouble with Valhalla Rising then, because that was a fairly muddy. Yeah, it was a very muted sort of, palette. Yeah, and then Bronson was kind of as well, you know, considering that it had a man covered in tar, more black paint. Yeah. Sort of running around naked. And good on us for seeing that. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw it before it was cool. Yeah. And you <laughs> should see it too, folks, because it it's, it's a great film. Get out there. It's Tom Hardy, you know, very early Tom Hardy, and still probably one of his best roles. I think, yeah, that's that's him. That's him pulling, pulling some mighty acting skills. Absolutely. No punches withheld in that one. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And speaking of... Yeah, and, yeah, speaking of the acting in this, so I'm I don't know. Happy, I, was I it good know, acting? I'm just, I'm just I'm just happy to see Keanu being a dick. I thought that was it. I thought that was an interesting role for him. Yeah, it just seems. And it was just this throwaway. It could have been anyone. It could yeah. have been any like sleazebag. And it was like, oh shit, it's John Wick. Yeah, it's, it's just, goddamn Neo. Just like took a break between filming like John Wick one and two, and just decided to like I don't know, sort it. I'll do a I mean, weird, that's I'll probably do a where. Art, um, was he Bill or Ted? I can't remember which. Oh god, I can't remember which one. Which one? They would okay, but the Keanu, the Keanu Reeves character in Bill and Ted. Mm. That's just him l- later on in his life. Yeah, where he just, he's got, like, where he he just got messed up and. I was gonna say he lost the ability to time travel. And yeah, and just ended up in Pasadena. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Oh yeah, we've we've all made we've all made some choices in our life that have, you know, landed us in Pasadena. 
or if not actual Pasadena, you know, whatever your Pasadena is. Shout out to all the people in Pasadena, wherever mm. it be. Wherever it be. <laughs> Every, everyone's got a Pasadena, don't they? Everyone's got one. It's <laughs> got to be a song. <laughs> if not... Um, Stay you know, tuned for our um, next venture. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, electronic synth pop of um, wherever there's a Pasadena, our forthcoming album. Hitting the latest, the nearest sanity near you. Hey, are they, are they even a thing anymore? Um, I think there's like one left. Oh, just, just one. Just one. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, uh, it's probably... I don't know, Redland Bay. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, news takes a while to travel out there. They haven't heard yeah. yet. <laughs> no one's told them that it's no all one, shut no down. No one's told them that the dream is over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sanity's, sanity's finished, and oh, yeah, we won World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what Redland Bay is, it's basically like the Pasadena. There you go, and that's it. Full circle on that Ooh. horrifying metaphor. Horrifying. That somehow manages to insult a province and then also by proxy anywhere else on the planet that it looks like. I mean, that's what we're here for. It really is. The film is just an excuse. So I think that's I think that's it for this this week. It really is. I mean, like funnily enough, like the like the movie itself, it, you know, it has the appearance of having a lot going on, but uh, once you sort of uh, go under the skin a little bit, you, it is quite it is a very shallow movie. Mm. And it's not. I don't think that's a particularly bad thing. Just no. know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. Don't don't. I mean, you know. I think it it, it, it it's grasping for something more than what it achieves. And I think because of that, you go in and it uh, fosters this expectation for you of, you know, what's uh, actually going to be uh, going on. And then when it doesn't happen, you feel like uh, you've missed out. Mm. As opposed to if you just rolled in and made it like a, a kind of like a shocking, you know, beyond the Valley of the Dolls sort of Russ Meyer kind of, you know, exploitation style flick i think you could roll in and out of that and be completely content yeah well i think if they did that sort of exploitation sort of thing i think it would be hitting the same thing that we were talking about with snowden that it would just be more of the same yeah being there done that i mean like i mean like if you want to i mean that that scene at the very end where uh, Gigi and sarah you know showering uh, jesse's blood off of them i mean that's that's classic you know, exploitation cinema oh, yeah. type stuff. The the combination of you know the sex and the violence. Mm. I mean, like, and you sort of like what you see that, and it's all like that's almost the 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 culmination. That's almost the climactic scene. Yeah, it could have just ended there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's so many parts of it. Just like, yeah, that could have been it. <laughs> but there you are, and. But still, like, as always, he's never a boring director, which, you know, is something that, you know, I'm cool with. You know, oh. I'll, I'll take flawed over boring any day of the week, man. Yeah, and... Uh, if only it felt like he was getting better. Yeah. I feel like this was a misstep. 
I think this was a step back from what he was he was trying to go for. If he had tightened up and made it a little more um, relatable uh, of what uh, Only God Forgives was doing, yeah, uh, because it kind of set um, in the you know set in Asia that you know audiences just didn't kind of get it because yeah. it was that far removed from him. It was like it was a fantasy um, place because it basically was. That's a, that's, a lot of people. I mean, that's what I kind of have to assume about uh, most of his movies is that they they don't take place in our world. Mm. They take well, Drive kind of felt like it did. Kind of did, but also at a slight was... move or like, you know, just like not quite true north. Mm. Like, you know, someone stepped on a butterfly and then that's the that's the world that like... That's what know, we've ended up in, could, yeah. Could have been just had that slight tinge of unreality, which I think is what all of his movies have, and it's what makes them interesting. Mm. Because you see these facsimiles of humans, you know? Yeah. Or, get... It's funny, like, all of his movies, it's it's people, it's people, like, almost, like, trying to be human. Yeah. And not quite pulling it off. Which kind of makes you, you know, it's almost Brechtian in that, because of that, you take a step back mm. and enjoy it just as a film, exactly, as opposed yeah. to an immersive sort of experience. Yeah, it's it, it, it is almost kind of like saying this is a movie. Yeah, at, at all times. Oh God, is Winnie Refn a genius? Then, God, I think we might have actually just Jesus Christ. Well, what did we gonna, do? I was going to say we certainly we certainly helped him. There you go. Welcome. I, 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 I was going to say, we achieved the impossible. We found something of substance. Damn. <laughs> oh, wow. That's actually kind of groovy. Yeah. I think that's, well, that's that's where we're ending it. We, we can't get I was going to say, that's it. That's it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're cancelling the podcast. This is it. We've peaked. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you for tuning in, guys. That is it for this week. And uh, next week, Josh and I are going to be tackling a film that I'm very, very excited to see ever since I saw Sicario. And that is going to be the uh, crime movie Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. With uh, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and uh, Jeff Bridges, written by Taylor Sheridan, who was the uh, amazing screenwriter on Sicario. So mm. very, very haven't, interested to uh, have a crack at this film. I haven't seen Sicario, and uh, so I might give that a go as well mm. before we uh, before we see it. So, yeah. yeah so it is a very distinct, uh, you know, style of dialogue, mm. but very, very good. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this one. It's getting mad props at every single festival that it's playing at, mm. and... You know, Chris Pine is great. Ben Foster is unbelievable. And good and, on him. Ben Foster needs more. Exactly. More of those juicier roles for him. And Jeff Bridges, you know, look, he's going to probably sit back and do his, you know, Rooster Cogburn, but just in modern garb sort of thing. But I'm down with that. Yeah. And, you know, just for everyone, you know, a lot of these films that we, we had watched, it was a, in you know, the first season, was a little bit harder to find. Um, you know, you had to go out of your way. All of these films that we're going to be we're going to be talking about, they're out in cinemas now. Right now. You know, so 
go and see them you know if we're if we're going to be looking at them you know we take the time we don't just pull rabbit out of a hat we actually are doing these things because these are these are films we we should watch and consume and then and then and try and work out what it's all about mm. you know in in this instance we uh we found that uh yeah this man may be a genius and maybe even even he doesn't know yeah but i mean he eats savant at the very least <laughs> exactly but that's <laughs> the thing and of course we are expanding we are moving into newer and bigger things keep an eye out for our next signal on Hackstorm Ridge, which will be coming soon. You'll see more of those in the coming weeks and maybe also some written reviews as well. We are putting more, you know, arrows in our quiver, strings on our bows, fish in the yeah. sea, you know, we're expanding. It, you know, we've got to diversify our barns. Can't just keep it all in soy. Exactly. You've got to go elsewhere. You've got to move But yeah, beyond. you can find all of that, um, all of our links to social media, our YouTube page where Signals is currently at uh, for Doctor Strange, at our website from thesilverscreen.com. Uh, there you can find everything about us. We've got little bios about ourselves. Uh, you can listen to previous episodes. It's all there. It's all there. One-stop shop. Happy to have you there. Beautiful. Couldn't have said yeah. it better myself, mate. Until next time. See you, mate. Bye.